Shall we pray? Father, we just want to thank you. We are so grateful to you, Lord. We bless your holy name. We worship you. We ascribe greatness unto you, O God. Your work is perfect. All your ways are just. You are a God of faithfulness. You are without injustice. Good and perfect and upright are your ways. Your judgments are equal and they are righteous. We hallow you today. We hallow you today, Lord. We thank you. We are just so grateful to you. We just say thank you. We just want to thank you, Lord. We appreciate your loving kindness and your tender mercies. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is full of your glory. Glory be to your name, dear holy, most holy God. You are highly lifted up. There is no one like you. Thank you, Lord, for this thunderous worship service today. Thank you for the opportunity you have given us to be here together again. We are grateful. We love you, Jesus. We honor you and we magnify your name. Father, take all the glory and let your name alone be glorified and be magnified. Thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray. Dear Holy Spirit Divine, the hour has come once again that you will break unto us the bread of life. You will feed us until we want no more. Lord, therefore I ask that you think through my mind, you speak through my lips, even as I minister life to the hearers. That I may decrease that you may decrease, dear Lord. Let your word come unto us like a fire. That will consume every rubble. Let your word come like a hammer. That will break into pieces everything that is not of you. Let your voice come unto us this hour, Lord. For your voice, O God, thundereth over the waters. It is only your voice, my Father, that can break the cedars of Lebanon. It is your voice that can shake the desert of Kadesh. Your voice, O oh God, makes Orion to skip like a calf. Have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. Do the things that we cannot do. And let Jesus alone be glorified. And be magnified. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, ancient of days. Thank you for who you are. We hallow your name. Take all the glory, Lord. Thank you, Father. I cover the whole church with the blood of Jesus. I charge the atmosphere with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost, just have your way. 
In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. I want to welcome each and every one of us to this thunderous worship service with Jesus' joy today. In the name of Jesus, I want to welcome specially to our miss, our brother, Ratitus Yusuf and his wife, his family. You are so welcome in Jesus' name. In fact, as I see him today, he brings back so many memories. You know, the Bible says that you should not despise the day of the little beginnings. He just reminded me of when we first started ministry in this land. And we were in a place called Dabi's Vocational School. That school does no, not exist any longer. But I think the remains are still there. Hallelujah. I call that place a place of tribulation. When we first started, we could hardly pay the rent of that place. It was very difficult to pay. Hallelujah. Because in those days, our offering was not up to 200 naira. Our offering and tithe and everything was not up to 200 naira. <laughs> and that place, when it is raining, we put buckets. We used to put buckets, put basins, because the rain will be falling. And we stay at the part where the rain is not falling. And we have a service. And I remember that when we first started, it was me, my late husband, and my children. We moved from our sitting room to that place. And I will come, I will do opening prayer, do Sunday school, do message, do praise and worship. <laughs> Do everything and finish. And I will have my babies on my back. But Titus, those babies have grown now. Look at them. Nambo and Nanchif. Please, can you wave your hands to the Lord? Let them see you. You see those babies? Somebody said the young shall grow. Where is Nanim? Inside. Nanim, come out, let him see you. So that he knows that you are a man now. Hallelujah. <laughs> Somebody say hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus. I'm sure he's very happy. He knew them when they were on my back. Amen. You are welcome back from Katsina. We are happy to have you live and complete. <laughs> it did not cut your hand in that place. Eh? Somebody say hallelujah to Jesus. He's just like a brother to me. He was part of our family. We were together almost on a daily basis. So I'm so happy to see him. Even though he has kept in touch on phone, 
And I want to tell this church that even the building we are in, he was the one that God used to give us this land. Somebody say hallelujah. So when you see him, you greet him very well and take care of him. Amen. You know, even the banks have valued customers. We have valued people. Amen. I'm so happy to see you. You are welcome. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. We talked a little bit about this last Sunday. But the Lord today is asking me to go back and look at it in detail. That place says, Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart or keep thy heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. The NIV says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So this morning, we want to look at the heart. Somebody say heart. The heart. When the Bible says, guard your heart, keep your heart with all vigilance. For it is from it that flow the springs of life. What does he mean by the heart? The heart, in this case, is not talking about the physical organ in your body that pumps blood. You know, there's a, an organ in our body. Those who study biology will tell you that pumps blood in our body. Amen? We are not referring to that. In the Bible, there's a spiritual language and the heart represents the totality of one's intellect, emotion, and will. What did I say? Your feelings, your emotions, your decisions, your thinking faculty, your mindset, your will, they all make up the heart. In the Bible, somebody turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 6, and verse 45. I'm starting it as a teaching today, but it will continue. As the Lord will help me. Luke 6.45 says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Hallelujah. A good man brings forth good treasure. Something that is good. 
an upright man, an honorable man, an intrinsically good man, there is a good treasure stored up in his heart. That person will produce something upright, honorable, intrinsically good, but an evil man has an evil storehouse. Amen. And out of that storehouse, he will produce something that is wicked, intrinsically evil, depraved. Why? Because out of the overflow, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you see, when actions have already taken place and we begin to talk about it and cry over it, it is already too late. It is like crying over spilled milk. You know, when the Englishman said crying over spilled milk, the milk is already poured, then you are crying. There's nothing you can do about it. Hallelujah. Because it's too late. It is when the matters are in the heart that you deal with it. You nip it in the bud. Where we read in Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart. Watch over your heart. Keep your heart with all vigilance. Because it is out of your heart that the issues of your life come out. So if you like, you can take the word heart to mean the human spirit. What did I say? It is the human spirit. Mark. Let's see Mark chapter 7. From verse 20. To 23. Mark chapter 7. 20 to 23 said. That which cometh out of the man. Defiles the man. What is it that defiles the man? It is the things that come from the heart. Verse 21 says, For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed what? Evil thoughts. Let's read it together. Evil thoughts, adulteries, Fornications, murders, thefts, 22, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. Can you see the list of the things that come from our hearts? Verse 23, let's read it together. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. Jesus, in this place, 
established a doctrine. Because the Jews, the Pharisees, in the Old Testament, were laying emphasis on the outward man. They were so interested in washing and cleaning the outside. Washing of hands, washing of feet, trying to keep the body clean. And that is very good. It's not bad. But I have good news for you today. You see, verse 20 says in the Amplified that it is what comes out of a man that makes a man unclean and renders him unhallowed. And what are those things? He said those things come from the heart. And in the Amplified Bible, he says, base and wicked thoughts. Base and wicked thoughts. Thoughts that are low. Thoughts that are carnal. That's why the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that a carnal-minded man is an enemy of God. When, as a human being, the only thoughts that come out of your heart are base and they are wicked. Sexual immorality comes out of the heart. Stealing comes from the heart. Murder, adultery. You know, before a man will go physically, a human being will go physically to do any of these things, he must have conceived it in his heart. He must have thought about it in his heart. Amen and amen. Verse 22 says, coveting, in bracket, a greedy desire to have more wealth. You know, this morning, I met the Sunday school when was talking about our needs and our wants. When you have a greedy desire to have more wealth, you have dangerous and destructive wickedness, deceit, deceit. In common everyday language, it's called what? Why you? Some people are so deceitful. You cannot even know where you are going with them. They talk from two sides of their mouth. If they see this person white, they talk white. They see black, they are black. They are just chameleon in the spirit. They can just change. And when they see you face to face, they talk so nicely and sweetly. But what they are saying before you is not what they are saying behind your back. David said, they come to me with a smile. But there is war in their hearts. Isaiah said, these people honoreth me with their lips. But their hearts 
is far from me. It's called hypocrisy. And Jesus said we must beware of that leaven. The leaven of the Pharisees. The Pharisees were like that. And when somebody is born again, he cannot be like that. If you discover that even after you give your life to Christ, you have so many personalities. You know, in literature they call it persona. You are what you are acting drama. So when you appear on the stage, you act one thing today. Tomorrow you act another part. And they believe that human beings should be acting. And they have different personae. Today, you need a regenerated heart. When your heart is regenerated, you will not be like that. Unrestrained, indecent conduct. There are some people, if you meet them, they, are, they have no restraint. You know, restraint means a check. No, they don't have any limit. They can do anything. They can remove their dress on the street and start walking naked. In fact, they're always feeling like going naked. That's why they wear indecent dresses. Because they want to be noticed. They want to do seduction. There's a spirit of Jezebel living inside the person. And the person cannot help themselves. It's, it's found both in men and women. Because sometimes when we say Jezebel, people think it's only female. It's a spirit. So it can manifest in a male or in a female. It is called unrestrained indecency. Indecent con conduct. That's why people want to wear dresses to show their inner parts, body parts. There are some parts of your body that are meant for your privacy. But they want to, to show it in the public. And what is the intention? The intention is to attract attention to themselves. They want to do seduction. It's a work of the flesh. It's from the heart. The problem is the heart. Hallelujah. Then it talks about envy and evil eye. Envy. You know, the only reason why Cain killed his brother Abel was envy. The only friend he had, the only brother he had, the only human being in the world at that time for him to play with. As young children, he was able to kill him because the spirit and the passion of envy is a very wicked passion. And it's all over in the world. When somebody looks at you, he feels that you have something and he's angry. And he says, why should that thing be you? Why not me? Why should you have it? It starts from jealousy. Then it graduates to envy. 
is from the heart. I say it's from the heart. Slander, evil speaking, malicious representation, abusiveness. When somebody is envious of another person, he will definitely slander him. Begin to run him down. Begin to say negative things. Oh, you discover that some people are admiring that person. And you say, hmm, that person you admire is not all that so wonderful. Let me tell you the other side of him. You start. It's the heart. Pride. Pride. is a sin of an uplifted heart against God and man. Some people, you see them, they, are very, they look very humble on the outside, but they are very, very proud in their heart. The heart is big like this because there's a demon called Leviathan sitting on their heart and making them think that they are something. And actually, they are not, you know. Some of them, you look at them, you don't even know what the problem is. <laughs> because you cannot see the thing. The person is not beautiful, anything. He's hungry. He has no money. He has nothing. But he's walking like this. So what is the problem? You know that Leviathan is sitting on his heart. And how do you know they cannot take correction? When you see somebody that is incorrigible, that is pride. When they do something wrong, you must not correct them. You must not rebuke them. You must not talk to them. They can't take it. They're shouting on me. Who are you that they will not shout on you? And when they offend you and you rebuke them, they become more angry than you that they offended. They take offense. They start keeping malice with you. <laughs> or they leave the church. They change church. Say, that church, they have no respect for me. Respect for you in your ignorance and in your iniquity. You are still looking for respect. Do you want God to kill you? You don't know that when the church is angry with you. When your pastor is angry with you, you are to lie down flat and cry to God for mercy. He said you are even angry. You are lifting your head. Then what do you want God to do with you? Where will he see road to find to have mercy on you? This type of heart is an enemy of God. Foolishness. The Bible listed foolishness there. And this folly is what? Lack of sense. Can you imagine that? Some people have no sense. They just lack sense. Recklessness. Thoughtlessness. They are shallow. They don't think anything through. Their mind is just on the surface. They don't see anything wrong with anything. And anything you tell them, they say, it doesn't matter. You are taking things too seriously, you know. I've had people telling me, Pastor, you are taking this matter so seriously. 
I said, but the matter is serious. God is angry with you. I'm hearing God telling me that this is serious. You, you say, no, it doesn't mean anything. You see, it's an I don't care attitude. You're walking like a desikali in the spirit. Until something hits the person's head, go. Then you say, oh. They don't have spiritual insight. They cannot understand spiritual things. Even physical things they cannot understand. Such a person needs serious deliverance. You need to cry out to God for yourself, for your heart, and tell God to give you a new heart. Jesus said, all these evil purposes and desires, they come from where? From within. And they make a man, not only a man, a woman. When the Bible says a man, it means humanity. Every human being, unclean. And makes him unhallowed. So I said that the heart is the faculty of knowledge. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 5. It says, Thou shalt also consider in thy heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. You should know in your heart. Know it where? Deuteronomy 8.5. Are we there? Know then in your heart. Amen? You should know it where? The heart is for knowing. Hello? It's for knowing things that you need to know. You should know in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. How many of us know that God used to discipline his children? Uh -huh. You know, when a child of God begins to sin against God, the first time, will feel bad. The Holy Spirit will correct him. We talk to him. Encourage him. The person persists in it. The Holy Spirit will become, the voice will become stronger. Will no longer be gentle. Become more authoritative. The person persists in it. He's justifying himself. Making excuses. The Lord will begin to expose him. He'll begin to reveal it to other people. Hallelujah. And that's when you see people will start seeing visions, revelations. The church about such a person. Begin to warn the person of an impending danger. He'll be using the voices of people around you, he can even use the voices of little children. Because out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, God has ordained strength. Now when that person persists 
and refuse this, what will happen? The chastening will come. Hello? I said the chastening will come. And when God begins to chasten, that means he will flog the person. He will chastise the person so that he can repent. If that exposure, sometimes it can, the chastening can come in any way. It can come through shame. It can come through disgrace. It can come through anything. Pain. And if the person at that point does not repent, he's going to perish. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because after that, there's nothing more God can do. When somebody is committing a sin, the safest thing is to repent. As long as you're a child of God, God will not keep quiet. Hello? So the heart is given to us by God for knowing things. First Samuel, let's see First Samuel chapter 1. What is the heart meant for? First Samuel chapter 1, 12, 13. He said, and it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart. Where did she speak? Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she had been drunk. Hannah was speaking in her heart, but her lips moved. Her voice was not heard. So what was she doing? She was praying in her heart. Hello? Therefore, it is possible to pray in our heart. Let's turn to the book of Psalms. Chapter 19 and verse 14. Psalm 19, 14 says, are we there? Let's read it together. One to go. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Sin can be committed at three levels. We can sin with our heart, with our mouth, and with our action. You know, a lot of people think that it's only when the person does an action that there is sin. No. Somebody can commit sin with his or her heart. I want you to listen carefully. With the mouth and then with action. So there are a lot of people that are, can sit down quietly. They are not going out. They are not going anywhere. 
They are not saying anything. But they are terribly wicked in their heart. And that is very, very dangerous. I am telling you, that is more dangerous than the person that is talking his own. <laughs> because when somebody is talking, you can know what they are planning, isn't it? But the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. So someone who can talk, you will know what is going on in their heart. And you will know how to pray. But the one that is not talking, how will you know it? You cannot know it except by the Holy Spirit. Except by revelation. And that's why sometimes you discover that as a child of God, as a servant of God, as a minister, you begin to have certain revelations. You begin to have certain dreams about certain people in the church. Nobody, you look at the person physically, the person is not saying anything. And not doing anything. And sometimes, when God shows you those things, you just overlook them. You say, no, guy. You know, I used to be like that. I would say, no, guy. I think the devil is just trying to give me a negative image about this person. But these days, I'm wiser. Amen? I've learned not to take anything for granted. So when I see those wicked things, I pray. Somebody say pray. I pray for the person. I say, whatever is making you look like this in my dream, I bring you out from there in the name of Jesus. I destroy the commission. I seize that commission. I terminate it in the name of Jesus. I say, Lord, have mercy on, you, on, on the person. You don't keep quiet. Because we are not ignorant his devices. The heart, therefore, is for meditation. The meditation. And the meditation must be on the word of God. It must be on what? The word of God. When somebody is having meditations, that are not scriptural, that are not based on the word of God, what will happen? The person's mind will be opened up for invasion by Satan. Evil spirits will enter that person and will begin to operate in the spirit. The heart is for meditation. What did I say it's meant for? Meditation on what? The word of God. Not to meditate on money. Hello? Hello? Some people meditate on money. <laughs> meditate on what? Money. Let's go back to Proverbs chapter 4. 
Proverbs chapter 4, where we read verse 23. Look at verse 21. Proverbs 4.21 says, Let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. What? What are we supposed to keep in the midst of our heart? If you go back to verse 20, it says what? My son, attend to my words. Incline thy ear unto my sayings. So what should we keep in the midst of our heart? The word. The word of God. That's why we said, when I was given the prayer chain, I said, if you are just newly born again, you should read three chapters of your Bible every day. Children should read one chapter of their Bible every day. Then I say, workers, should read how many chapters? Five chapters. Is it five for workers? No, three chapters. Oh, five. Ministers are reading how many? Oh, seven. Praise God. And pastor is reading ten chapters. I saw a man of God that reads 40 chapters of his Bible every day. And the members of the church were competing to outread him. That's a good one, isn't it? They said, Pastor, by next week I'm going to read more than you. He said, okay now, let's try. And they are trying to see how many they can read. How do you think your life will be when you have that kind of competition? The competition is not how, how many pots of food you can eat. Hello? How many pieces of meat? How many plates of eba or two can you demolish? They say, how many chapters? I say chapters. Hello? Somebody told me that I used to demolish the heap of two. He has anointing for demolishing two. What kind of anointing is that? <laughs> eh? <laughs> anointing of food. There is no such anointing. In fact, food is making people to overeat and overcharge and suffice. Mark 2.8. Let's see Mark 2.8. We are talking about the heart. What are the things we do with our heart? Mark chapter 2 verse 8 says, And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your heart? Is this in your Bible? What were they reasoning? While Jesus was preaching, they were reasoning the message in their heart. 
contradicting what he was preaching. Bouncing it off. They were not allowing the word of God to pass through their heart. They were reasoning it. If Jesus said this, what would they? I beg, don't mind him. Look at their time. Please let him hurry up. I'm just disturbing people here. Every time, say we should repent. Repent. Repent from what? Somebody asked me, repent from what? Say, so what is it that we are not repenting from? I beg. But I'm not the one saying it. It's Jesus that said it. Hello? He said, repent ye therefore and believe the gospel. Amen. Repent ye therefore and do what? Believe the gospel. Repent ye for the kingdom of God is at hand. Psalm 119 verse 11. Psalm chapter 119 verse 11 says, let's read it together. I want to go. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Where did I hide the word? In my heart. So it is a heart that helps us to keep the words within us. The word of God. You say, I have stored up your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Your word have I laid up. You can lay up the word of God in your heart. In those days, there's a children's song that says, I'm going to hide God's word in my heart. David said, your word have I hidden in my heart. When you hide the word of God in your heart, it will protect you from sin. That's the only thing that will deliver you. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 11 and verse 23. Mark eleven twenty-three says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Look at that. But shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, doubting is done also with the heart. When you see someone doubting the word of God, he is doing it right from his heart. And that's why it's a problem. Because except you stop doubting, you cannot have whatsoever you say. Because without faith, it's impossible. It is impossible to please God. God is angry when we don't have faith. When we doubt the word of God, we are insulting God. We are telling him that the word he spoke is not true and that it doesn't have the power 
to bring it to pass. And that's why the spirit of doubt is a wrong spirit. And you need to come out from it. Luke chapter 2 verse 19. We are talking about the heart. Luke 2 19 says, But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Oh, my father. When the word of God came to Mary, Mary had never heard before that something like that had ever happened to anybody. There was no physical example in history or in Bible tradition, or in the Old Testament scriptures, for her to know that it is possible for a virgin to become pregnant. It was coming for the first time. Isaiah had prophesied it in the book of Isaiah. Now when the angel of the Lord came to her and told her, the Bible said, Mary did what? Pondered these things in her heart. She only surrendered herself. She said, let the will of God be done. I am your handmaiden. Be it unto me according to your word. She did not try to reason it out. The problem we have sometimes is when the word of God comes, you want to reason it out. You want to figure it out. You say, how will it happen? Your mind, your brain begin to attack the word of God. And that's why many people don't believe in miracles. They don't believe in the supernatural. They don't believe that there's nothing God cannot do. There are two ways of getting your healing. You can get your healing naturally through a medical process. You go to the lab, you run tests, you do diagnosis, you get prescriptions, and you get a cure. But I know another way of healing that you don't have to go through that. God can heal you, and he heals. I say he can heal, he heals. He can save you, he can change your story overnight. He can change your circumstances and your situation. He can turn it over in a twinkle of an eye because he is God. He heals, he saves, he delivers. He prospers and is coming back again. Then you ask me, how is it going to happen? I don't know. And it is not my duty to explain it. But I know and I know and I am convinced and I am persuaded that the Bible is true. And it is the word of God. It is different from your literature book. It is different from your history book. It is different from your law book. It is different from your science book. It is 
the written and the revealed word of God. You can believe it and it will work for you. When you don't believe it, it will not work for you. God will remain God. Oh, God doesn't need you to believe. Because whether you believe him or not, it doesn't change him. He is who he is. God doesn't need salvation. Whether the whole earth decides not to believe in him, he will still remain God. You are the one that needs him. He doesn't need you. Can we understand? When you are sick, you are the one that needs the doctor. The doctor doesn't need you. You are the one to go look for the doctor. Doctor don't go looking for you. Hey! It is a matter of the heart. You can cry out to the Lord today and say, Holy Spirit, visit my heart. Whatever happened to me, whatever went wrong with me that makes my heart to walk the way it's walking, Father, change my heart. Change the way I think. Change the way I perceive things. Change the way I look at things. And he will do it for you. God is able to give you a new heart. He's able to give you a new spirit. He, he created it originally. And if something went wrong, the enemy has done this thing, he can create it again. Hallelujah. Romans 10, 9. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart. Where do we do the believing? In our heart. You don't believe in your mind. You don't believe in your brain. You know, some people try to use their mind, their brain. And that's why they have, what they have is a mental accent of the word of God. Because they are trying to figure it out. They are trying to rationalize the word of God. They are trying to use their mind. Hello. And that's why it doesn't work for them. What they have is a mental accent. The person can even Memorize the scriptures. You can read memory verse. But the world needs to move from your brain to your heart. Hello? When you move from your head to your heart, then you believe. I say you believe. Somebody say, I believe. When you believe, it means you trust. It means you rely on. It means you accept in its entirety the authenticity of the word of God. You believe. Somebody say, I believe. God said it and I believe it. If you believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, then you shall be saved. That simply means that if somebody does not believe with his heart, he cannot be saved. That's why today, a lot of people are going to church, but they are not saved. Because they don't believe anything. They don't believe the word of God with their heart. They only have a mental accent. You can go to Bible school, 
and learn the Bible. And you can tell it as a story. But you don't believe it. Say so once upon a time, there was a man called Jesus. You know, you see a lot of people, they are teaching CRS, but they are unbelievers. They don't believe what they are teaching. It's in their head. Hello? They have learned it as a subject, as a course. <laughs> and they are telling the story to the children. You see now, there was somebody called Joseph. And Joseph uh, met a woman called Mary. And something, something happened. And then this Mary now, she now got a baby. And something happened. And then they, they carried the baby. They went to Egypt. They came back. They don't believe it. It's a story. Once upon a time. The Bible is not a storybook. Hello? I say it is not a storybook. It is the word of God. It is the written word of God. It is to be believed and applied. You have to apply it in your everyday relationship with God. You stand on it and it comes to pass. When the Bible says, you shall lay your hands on the sick and the sick shall recover, then you act on it. You lay your hands on the sick, then they recover. That is believing. Before you do it, you believe that this is the word of God and as I act on it, it's going to come to pass. Then when you act on it, you will see it coming to pass. Amen. That means you have believed it in your heart. Amen and amen. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 19. Ephesians 5 19 says, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody where? In your heart to the Lord. That means that we can sing in our hearts. Hallelujah. We can make melody in our hearts. So there are different conditions that the heart of a human being can be in depending on who you are and depending on your relationship with the Lord. You can have a glad heart. Somebody say glad heart. Exodus chapter 4 verse 14. A glad heart. He said, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, it's not Aaron, the Levite, thy brother. I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. Hallelujah. And so, when Moses was protesting that he needed the help, God called him. But you know, he called his brother. God didn't really call Aaron. It was Moses that called Aaron. 
when God called him, gave him the assignment, what to do, he kept complaining that he cannot speak well. He was a stammerer. And then God sent Aaron. And he came. He said, I think Aaron is coming now. He's coming. He's your brother. When he comes, he will be glad in his heart. That gladness, it was God that put it there so that he can agree with Moses and Moses will go and obey the Lord and do what he has called him to do. Amen. So that gladness sometimes can be a sign of approval of what you want to do from the Lord. He was glad in his heart. Amen. You can also have a loving heart. A loving heart. Somebody say loving heart. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 5. A loving heart. A heart that loves the Lord. Your heart is full of love. When you love Jesus, when you love God, you will also love people. Hello? Yes, when you love God, you will love people. You will love human beings. Somebody said, me, I love God, but I don't love people. I said, no, you don't love God. Hallelujah. Because when you love the Lord, you will love the people that God loves. Hallelujah. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You will know that the people are important to him, so you will love them. You can't love the father and hate the son. If somebody loves me, the person must love my children. If somebody say, I love you, but you don't love my children, then you don't love me at all. Hello? So you love God, you love his people. You have a loving heart. But when you say you love God, only God understands you. And you are quarreling with every human being on the earth. Then you are not relevant to this earth. You need to go to heaven. You understand? Because you are not useful here now. So you go to heaven and stay and love only God. Hallelujah. That's the meaning now. This is, I love God. I know God. God knows me. And I say, okay, you love God. You know God. Okay, very good. Then what? Say, but I just don't like people. No. It's a contradiction. So a loving heart, verse 5 says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. You love him with all your heart. The heart is for loving. Hallelujah. I say your heart is for loving. Some people have a fearful heart. Joshua 5, 1. Joshua 5, verse 1 said, It came to pass when all the kings of the Amorites, which were on the side of Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites, which were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel until we were passed over, that their heart melted. Hello? What happened to their heart? 
is melted. Neither was there spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. They had a fearful heart. A heart that used to melt. Some of us are so fearful. If you are here now, you say, ah, there is crisis, so, and he said, they are fighting in Kagoro. Some people ran. They say, ha. They say, there is fight, so, going on in Kagoro. I say, uh huh. Say, what are we going to do now? Where shall we run to? I said, uh uh. Where do you want to run to? What? What happened? Said, ah, did you not hear what is happening? They are fighting in Kagoro. And they have already reached Manchok. And before you know it, they are already in Ganawuri. Now added their own inside. What is that? Fear. Are you that type of person? You just sit down imagining things. And then before you know it, you cannot sleep in the night. You're already panicking. Before you know it, you start spreading fake news. Today, there's fake news everywhere. Just open your WhatsApp. You say, danger is looming. <laughs> what is happening? You say, the world wants to finish. They say, somebody come and say, are we already in the tribulation? Eh? Is the world coming to end? I said, no. We are not in the tribulation because the rapture has not yet taken place. You say, are you sure? I said, rapture cannot take place without me. I have to be there. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. A fearful heart. You need to surrender that heart to Jesus. God does not want you to have that type of heart. God does not want you to have an anxious heart. Amen. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25, is talking about an anxious heart. Heaviness in the heart of man. Maketh it stoop. Did you see that? But a good word maketh it glad. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. When you have anxiety, your blood pressure will go up. Hello? That's why the Bible says you should not be anxious for anything. Don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. Philippians 4, 6. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, tell God your problem. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Don't be anxious. What are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? What are we going to drink? Give it to Jesus. Don't have an anxious heart. Anxiety weighs down the heart. But a kind word cheers it up. I say anxiety in a man's heart is not good. An encouraging word makes it glad. And we must bear one another's burden. We must encourage one another in these times. When you are speaking a word to somebody... Make sure it's an encouraging word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Proverbs 19. This one is an angry heart. 
Proverbs 19, verse 3. Look at that. He said, the foolishness of man perverted his way and his heart fretted against the Lord. When somebody is foolish, what will happen? His heart will become angry, resenting against the Lord. The person will never be happy. And he will say, look at how my life has become. He will be talking. He say, look at my own life. You see everybody around me, they are making it. Only me, I'm not making it. He will be accusing God. He will be saying that God was not good to him. You will see the person, he will looking quiet or he's not talking. But he's pondering this thing in his heart. And then the next thing, one demon will come and whisper to his ear and say, do you know the best thing for you? Since your life is like this. Say yes. Um, yes, what do I do now? He said, just kill yourself. Okay? You see that vehicle that is coming? Just run under the vehicle and die. Let it finish. Then the person now start talking. And what is he going to say? I'm tired. He said, uh-uh, calm down, take it easy. No, I'm tired now. Uh-uh, I'm tired. When you hear somebody telling you I'm tired, you better hold them and lock them up somewhere. Because don't know the next thing that they want to do. Amen. The Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. Amen. Don't be confessing, I'm tired. Because when you say, I'm tired, Satan will say, yes, you are really tired. He will really put the tiredness on you, on your head. And put a heavy weight on your head so that you can go and die. You think he's going to pity you? An angry heart comes from foolishness. God doesn't want us to have that kind of heart. He wants us to have a courageous heart. Everybody say courageous heart. A heart that is strong. Psalm 27 and verse 14. This is the type of heart. He say, wait on the Lord. Psalm 27, 14. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. He shall strengthen what? Thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. When you see that your heart is under bombardment, and so many things are happening to you, and your thoughts are going helter-skelter, what do you do? Wait on the Lord. Say your neighbor, wait. How do you wait on the Lord? In fasting and prayer. Take a fast. Lock yourself off. Wait on the Lord. Tell somebody, wait on the Lord. He will give you courage. He will strengthen your heart. You'll find that by the time you finish that prayer and come out, your heart will receive peace again. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 4.19 says, My bowels, my bowels, I am pained at my very heart. My heart make it a noise. Can you imagine? His heart was paining him to the extent that it was making noise. He said, I cannot hold my peace. 
because thou hast heard, O my soul, the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war. A woman once came to my house to see me. Said somebody directed her that she should come and see me. And they gave her my number, so she came. When we sat down, she said, I want to die. She just said, I want to die. <laughs> I've never heard that kind of thing before. Then I, I stood up. I was looking at her because I want to hold her in case she tries to jump or do something. So <laughs> I was standing up and I said, Madam, calm down. Can you calm down? She said, yes. I said, okay, let us pray. So I prayed and I asked the Lord to take control. I said, what is it? She started shouting. She said, what kind of thing? What kind of thing is God doing to me? Eh? What did I do? What did I do to God? That's the way she started. I said, what happened? She told me how she lost her son, how the son was sick, and how she did everything possible. She herself is a medical doctor, is a consultant, and they did everything medically possible. The boy was sick, was in a private university from 400 level. Because he couldn't go to classes, they demoted him to 200 level. And eventually changed to another university. And they prayed and prayed. And everybody prayed. They went to Lukoya, Lukoya prayed. They went to Adeboy, Adeboy prayed. They carried the boy to US, carried him everywhere. The boy still died. He was shouting. He said, I'm a Christian. I am baptized with the Holy Ghost. I'm sanctified. I, what did I do? Tell me. I said, me? He said, yeah. I said, ah, am I God? <laughs> Why are you attacking me? Am I the one that did the thing to you? <laughs> you say it's God now. But can you listen to me? She said, yes, that's why I'm here. I said, Lord, what do I do? He said, she needs comfort. That's all she needs. I said, okay. I opened the Bible. I started telling her about comfort. Comfort. I said, comfort me, my people. Comfort. I said, Holy Spirit, give her comfort. That is what she needs. She don't need any Preaching. Don't need anything. I said, let us pray. I started leading her to pray. I started leading her to say, repent. Repeat after me. I led her. Comfort. Went to intercession. We prayed. We prayed. As we were praying, she went on her knees. We were praying. Before you knew it, started crying. He now started saying, God, have mercy on me. I said, uh -huh, we have reached the right point. By the time we finished that prayer, she was shouting. She was joyful. She was jumping up. She said, I'm okay now. I am here. I am well. I said, praise the Lord. A painful heart. An anguished heart. You should never allow yourself to go to that extent because it's very dangerous. Because what if she did not meet somebody like me? 
You know, if you meet some people, they will add salt to your problem. It will tell you that you, that you are wicked. You, you are even proud. Like the miserable comforters of Job. Job's friend told him that it is his iniquity that put him in this condition. But I saw the anguish in her soul. Finally, a repentant heart. We'll stop here for today. Like I said, we are going to still continue this teaching. Psalm 51, verse 17. Psalm chapter 51, verse 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, that will not despise. In all these things that we have said, the best heart to have is a broken heart, a contrite heart. That means what? A repentant heart. Any heart that knows how to repent can never perish. Did you hear what I say? The prayer that God will never fail to answer is the prayer of repentance. When you cry out to God and say, oh God, have mercy on me, he will always have mercy. I say he will always have mercy. God is a merciful God. But when you try to justify yourself and prove that you know what you're doing and then you justify yourself by yourself, it is not your fault, then God cannot show you mercy. A broken and a contrite heart will not despise. God will not despise. I say God will never despise. Because that is a humble heart. When you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, he will always lift you up. A man like Ahab, you know Ahab, who married Jezebel, was a very wicked man that served bad. But do you know that the day that the prophecy of Elijah, the Tishbite, came, and God prophesied and said all the things he's going to do to him, Ahab, Ahab, in all his wickedness, went and wore sackcloth and lie down on the floor and was crying for repentance. And as Elijah finished pronouncing the judgment on his head and he was going, God said to Elijah, go back. Go and see Ahab. Do you see what he is doing? <laughs> he knows he has repented though. He even wore sackcloth going around. God said, for this one he has done, he postponed the judgment. He said, I will no more do it in his time. I will do it to his children. <laughs> Can you see that? That's to show you the extent to which God acknowledges brokenness. But when you are doing a debate, an argument, you are insisting, don't want to accept. 
Bible said that anybody that is often rebuked and hardened his neck shall suddenly, suddenly, suddenly be destroyed and it will be without remedy. I want us to stand on our feet and pray. I don't know if God has told you anything at all today. We are talking about the heart and the different condition. I want you to talk to God. Your heart is for praying, for meditating, for knowing things that you need to know, for hiding the word of God. Your heart is for keeping the word of God inside you. For pondering your heart. For believing God. Singing and making melody to him. What kind of heart do you have? I want you to examine yourself. Do you have an angry heart? Are you always angry? Who are you angry with? You need to cry out to God, say, Lord, have mercy on me. Do you have a jealous heart? Envious heart? Are you the type that you used to blackmail people, talk evil behind their back? Slandering? Gossiping? Or do you have a fearful heart? Which type of heart do you have? Ask God for have mercy on you. Is your own fear? Is it doubt? Do you believe the word of God? Do you have a believing heart? Or you are the type that Kai don't used to even like to hear the word of God at all. You can repent today. Or you have an anxious heart. You are always worried, anxious. You have a strong heart, a courageous heart, a glad heart. Do you have a loving heart? You find it difficult to love people. You find it easy to love. That means you can forgive. Even when they offend you, you can forgive easily. Or do you find it difficult to forgive? Tell God to have mercy on you. The only prayer today is, Father, have mercy on me. Change my heart. Say, Father, have mercy on me. Please give me a new heart. I don't want this type of heart. Because nobody knows what is inside your heart except God. Is your heart humble? Or is it proud? Begin to pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. Say, Lord, help me. In these times and seasons, in these very lost times, Help me to love you with all my heart. Lord, I want to love you with all my heart. 
with all my strength, with all my mind. I want to love you with all my spirit. I don't want to die. I don't want to perish. I don't want to go to hell. Please, Lord, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Deliver me from an evil heart. Talk to God now. Talk to God. Your heart must become a delighted heart. Must become a loving heart. A glad heart. A heart that is clean. A heart that loves God. And you love human beings. Not a heart that is bearing grudges. Say, Father, have mercy on me. Change my heart. Change my story. Deliver me from destruction. When you have the right heart, God will love you. God will bless you. God will lift you up. He will provide for you. He will save your soul. He will meet you at the point of your need. God is a good God. He loves you so much. He wants to save your soul. If you need to give your life to Jesus, give your life to Jesus. Ask Jesus to come into your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save my soul. I give my life to you. Why is it that you cannot believe the word of God? Why is it that your, your heart is doubting the word of God? Because Jesus is not living inside your heart. You can give him your heart today. You can surrender to him. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. I want you to raise up your right hand towards heaven and put your left hand on your heart, on your chest, on your physical heart as a point of contact to your spiritual heart. And say, Heavenly Father, I come unto you. I surrender my heart unto you, O Lord. I am sorry. I repent. In all the ways I've sinned against you, have mercy on me. Forgive me, O oh God. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my heart. Give me a new heart. Transform my heart. Recreate my heart. Regenerate my heart. In the name of Jesus. Satan, I renounce you. I denounce you. I break your power and your influence over my heart. In the name of Jesus, every agreement Every covenant I had with you before, I don't want them again. I renounce you. 
I bind you and I command you, come out of my heart. Come out of my life and go to hell. I receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me a clean heart. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me a new heart. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me a joyful heart. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me a glad heart. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me a courageous heart. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me a believing heart. From today, I will love you with all my heart, with all my strength, with all everything inside me. And I will love people. All those that offended me, I offend, I forgive them. I forgive them and I release them from my heart. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for what you have done in Jesus' name. And let me just pray for you. Father, thank you so much for as many as have prayed this prayer sincerely from their heart right now. Let the fire fall, Lord. Holy Spirit, let the fire fall. Let there be transformation. Let there be regeneration. Let there be recreation. Let there be deliverance right now. In the name of Jesus, by the fire of the Holy Ghost, let every yoke be destroyed. Let every evil heart be taken away. Let every wicked heart come out and be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Lord, whatever is a problem that follow the people, whether it is from they themselves or from their bloodline, I bring repentance before you. I ask for your mercy, your compassion over their life. Let the blood of Jesus, 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 the blood of Jesus. Let the blood of Jesus by the finished work on the cross of Calvary go into the deep and bring them out from every nook and cranny, from every bondage, every prison houses. In the name of Jesus, I call their spirit to come forth. I say, come forth. I say, come forth into the presence of the Almighty God that they were singing and making melody in their heart to the Lord. Receive a joyful heart. Receive a glad heart. Receive a clean heart that will serve the Lord in holiness, in righteousness, without fear all the days of your lives. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, my Father, for what you have done. I give you all the glory. Somebody came here 
with a very heavy heart, a very burdened heart. I hear the Lord say, just because you came, that thing that is pursuing you, that thing that is pursuing you, is taken away now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just wave your hands to the Lord and say, thank you, Jesus. The Lord is in the house. The Lord is here. Taking away all your burdens, all your yokes, all your anxieties, all your worries. He is here. He's taking them away. Receive a new heart. Receive a new spirit. In the name of Jesus. Somebody, the devil has been ministering to you that the best thing for you to do is just to die. That you cannot cope in this life. You know that is a lie of the devil from the pit of hell. Right now, by the fire of the Holy Ghost, I call you out from the regions of darkness, from the corridors of death, from the shadow of death, in the name of Jesus, I set you free. Receive life. Receive a new heart. Receive a new spirit. In the name of Jesus, somebody wave your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Rambre de Boshanda Bakaria. Lembre de Bosunda Labre. Granda Bokarabo Santa Labra. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Say thank you, Jesus. There is a transformation that is going on right now. Receive it, receive it. Receive your miracles. Receive the open doors that the Lord has already prepared for you. There is a turning around. There is a turning around that is coming. Receive a new heart. I say receive a new heart. Receive a new spirit. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, my Father. Blessed be your name, Lord. Holy Spirit, moving on, moving on. Make my life all again, all again.
Elohim. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit Divine. Just have your way in the lives of the people and let them never remain the same, Lord. Let your spirit move, move, move. Just have your way. Just have your way, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We give you all the glory. We give you all the adoration. We give you all the praises. We give you all the worship. We give you everything, Lord. Take all the glory. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.